Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. Uh, yesterday, uh, at the end of our show when we were leaving, uh, it just came over the transom. Uh, this was, and Mike Scott told us, 11 uh, L.A. sheriff's trainees were hit in a car accident and the story was just developing that was just getting reported and of course now we know 24 hours later that is 25 five in critical condition uh severed limbs oh dear lord and so one car driving the wrong way this is the the official story one car driving the wrong way 22 year old uh tested negative for you know uh, alcohol or controlled substance so the story is some 22-year-old turns the wrong way and he mows down 25 L.A. sheriff's recruits that are, you know, jogging as part of their training. I, Mike, I mean, is that is that is that the story? That, that's just uh, how— That sounds more sinister than that. Uh, how, how do you, you know, how, how do you keep going? And then he, he only stopped because he hit a pole. Hit a pole. Hit a light pole. Right. Right at the right at the entrance to a large field where many of the recruits in formation were coming out and running. One of the things that is interesting about this story that has developed is early on, it was reported that there were no skid marks whatsoever on the— Uh, on the approach of the car to the squad that was running. Now that is not reported at all. That that there are no, there were no skid marks. They stopped reporting no skid marks. They stopped uh, reporting for some reason or another. And again, let's not, let's not describe nefarious, uh, nefarious intent unless there is nefarious intent. It could be that because, wrong way driver came up that the narrative of the story changed but it was really weird when all of a sudden early on it was no skid marks which is usually a sign of investigators saying you know there's something something going on and all of a sudden that disappeared well how do you after if it's an accident how do you how do you knock out 25 people I mean, I, I don't, I, I just, I don't understand. This. It doesn't sound like it wasn't like it was an expressway and he was going eighty right. miles an hour. Right. I have seen probably two or three accidents in my time where elderly drivers froze in situations like this. They didn't know what to do. They were, they were hit scram- the gas instead of the brake. That yeah, kind of thing. Yeah, but this kid's twenty-two. I mean, Scram- twenty-two. Right. Right. Scrambled by the. I, I I don't know what to do. And in those situations, it was honestly a situation where they just simply froze. I've been at one of those scenes. It was horrific, but it was twenty five. But twenty five, it's it was a wide sidewalk, which is the reason why they were running where it, and re, the reason why most of L.A. County sends their recruits to that training center. There's 
room to work out. There's room to run. It's not a heavily populated area. Lots of fencing, lots of opportunity to do the things that recruits need to do, run in formations, squad formations, things like that. Do we, do we know anything about the 22-year-old? Uh, nothing that I've seen. seen. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen uh, anything. Uh, that is outstanding. Uh, cause still undetermined. Like you said, breathalyzer test, 0.0 on the breathalyzer test, which determined— Can't do better than that. He was not driving uh, drunk. I, I really don't—I'm I'm interested in the location— uh, this is in South Whittier, which is uh, L.A. County. Right. Um, and interested why all the recruits from the L.A. sheriffs, which is going to have a new sheriff, by the way, Alex Villanueva is going out, um, and and so many other departments there all send their squads to one area for training. I, I, and I just, the front end damage alone on the car, I mean, it just shows how graphic and disgusting. Well, well he hit a pole, too. I know yeah. he hit a pole, but I'm just saying it's... But, but I, I just wait, bloods everywhere. It's you, you're starting to you hit somebody and and more uh, twenty five people and you're telling me this was an unfortunate accident of wrong, wrong way driver. I mean I, I mean you you can't. I mean I, as as we've said on this show across many issues, it's very difficult to take anything at face value that's reported by the media, the Colegacy yeah. media at least these days. Um, but and and also too, what, there's this is just being reported with. You would think they're like, we have these questions. Like, does anybody, is anybody curious about or, or trying to provide details? I mean, isn't it obvious what the questions would be? And, and, and the, the, I just saw like one quote in a LA news outlet from some either a, a, a rep from the sheriff's department or, or the police investigate. Yeah. The police investigator. I don't know, but. It's like, oh, yeah, it's just it, it, we don't have any evidence that uh, there was uh, this was intentional. It appears to be a terrible accident. Uh, explain mm, that. Yeah, please. <laughs> how, how? I mean, did he have seizures? What was the medical condition of this guy? Because it looks like it was completely intentional. Uh, I mean, we're, this happens. I mean, there's, and at 6 or 24 in the morning, where was he going? Was the, he on his this, way to work? Who is this person? This happens the same day that uh, the guy who mowed down, murdered six people in Waukesha gets sentenced to. Six, six cons- yeah, six consecutive life sentence, life terms, which is appropriate. But so, so I mean, I People just say it looked like an airplane wreck. There are so many bodies scattered everywhere in different states of injury that it was pretty traumatic for all individuals involved. But you saw what was required to kill and injure as many people. The six people were killed and injure many more in Waukesha. We saw a video of that. The guy speeding through right. a parade. Uh, it doesn't sound like that's what happened here in L.A. It's just bizarre to me. In the the distance traveled, and again, this is investigative stuff, the distance traveled between where he allegedly turned wrong way in Whittier, California, onto that street, is quite significant. So he had plenty of... It's, like, it's not like he turned right into the crowd. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. I don't know the distance. I don't know it exactly. It's significant. Before he ran into the pole in front of the, uh, uh, in, in front of the fence where they were running, it's quite a distance from where he turned to where that pole is. This thing, this is, this does not make sense. This does not make sense. And and for people to not be really pressing or providing whatever details they have, it, uh, you know, I would think if you're you're on something a story this big that you would have some information about this guy, and it would start to 
to to be reported, and that hasn't happened for the entire day yesterday, which is also no, something that's suspicious. M- nightly news. But they, didn't, they didn't even cover it. It's very suspicious. So we'll uh, stay on this because I just I just this this, this does not add up to me. Um, speaking of uh, having a new sheriff in LA County, you also got a new mayor. Uh, finally called the race. I know. I I. I got the- finally called the race, and it's Karen Bass, the uh, uh, the leftist uh, six term congresswoman, uh, who ended up beating Rick Caruso, the you know sort of Republican turned independent billionaire. But did a thirty five thousand vote lead over him. Fifty three forty seven in L A. That's the spread right now. Oh, by the way, just because they called the race, still a quarter of the vote is out. It's only seventy five percent reporting. Yeah, the office this morning says they still have 565,000 ballots left to count. More than enough to put either candidate over the top, so that's why uh, there's I mean, not going to be any concession or victory speeches until those votes are counted. What What is taking so long in Maricopa County, in Clark County, in Vegas, and then in L.A. County? It, yeah, and it's I'll, and mind-numbing. I'll, and, and here again, you know, say margin of error. I mean, you know, this Karen Bass is sort of a— uh, relic uh, establishment reciter of talking points, you know, Democrat socialist establishment, yeah. the the new establishment of the Democrat Socialist Party. And, um, you know, and, and Caruso made the election completely about almost completely about crime and homelessness, quality of life. How in could LA. they not vote for him? Well, 47 percent did. And that's that's something in a city that's, you know, like Chicago, three to one. Dem to Republican. So, you know, it tells you there's an appetite there. And it'll be interesting now that we're looking at our mayor's race here in Chicago. And we'll get to that a little bit later since uh, Triple Threat has some new ads up. You're going to want to hear and see if you haven't. Um, but it just you just wonder if you could have a competitive race by uh, essentially from Paul Vallis uh, in this in this mayor's race running a similar campaign to the kind of campaign that Rick Caruso ran. And, uh, you know, what would be a, will be a crowded field initially. But if it came down to, say, Lightfoot or even Chewy and Vallis, could he run the kind of campaign that Caruso ran and have a chance to win come April? I don't know. I'm skeptical, especially if Pat Quinn gets in the race today. Oh, my God. He's going to make his announcement. I, I hope he never goes away. I hope, Pat that's Quinn? So, so great. I'm so great. I, I'm it's so like gr- a herpetic sore. He won't leave. I'm us. so great. I'm so grateful that these politicians never leave. When when Ed Burke and Mike Madigan are exonerated because, of course, they did nothing wrong, I hope they come back and run for office. Well, really? I mean, Ed, Ed Burke's already still in office. Right. What are you talking uh, he about? He stays, and then Mike stays. Madigan comes back to maybe, you know, I don't know, was reinstalled as speaker. Maybe we don't even need an election. Just put him back in there as speaker, something like that. Um, by the way, just on one other note here, too, on the sort of uh, the great disintegration of our cities, uh, mostly around— personal safety, quality of life issues. Uh, This is interesting. Republicans in Pennsylvania who may, we don't know yet, another another outcome that's still undetermined, may lose control of the Pennsylvania State House that they currently enjoy. Before that happens, they move to impeach Larry Krasner, the district attorney in Philadelphia, for his various crimes against humanity and decency. Uh, So at least they're... If they're on the way out, at least they've done something productive to continue to beat the drum and focus people's attention on their own personal safety. Since in these big cities, so many people have a difficulty, <laughs> have such difficulty in 
generating that focus by themselves. They need a little bit of assistance. So uh, anyway, uh, all right, we'll uh, we will get to the Chicago's mayor race because you, you got to see these commercials from Lightfoot. It's what Chicago is talking about. It's Chicago's morning answer with Dan and Amy on AM five sixty. The answer. Business owners, now's the time for your business to make the move to a locally owned business bank. Hi, Mike Gallagher here to let you know that you don't have to look far. Signature Bank was founded in Chicago with a simple mission to help companies like yours grow, succeed, and thrive. Their decisions are made locally by a terrific team that knows your name, cares about your business, and invests in your success. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. I'm a customer. As business owners, they knew that local family-owned businesses were not getting the help they needed or deserved. So, I invite you to reach out to my friends at Signature Bank today. Write the number down. Remember this phone number, Signature Bank, 773-467-5630. And learn all about this great bank, 773-467-5630. Or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. If you're looking for the latest news, insight into what it means, and the sharpest opinion, there's only one station in Chicago where you can turn, and it's this one. We're AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. So we're uh, full into the holiday season, recovering from all the sweets we enjoy during Halloween and looking forward to the horns of plenty and all the fixins on the Thanksgiving dinner table. That doesn't even get to Christmas yet. And uh, that means two things, as you've been hearing me talk about on this show for weeks now leading into the holidays. Uh, We're eating a lot of foods that aren't great for us. And that combined with being with family, which could elevate the stress levels, at least for some people, uh, maybe that is an opportunity to do a little bit of stop, look, and listen on your blood pressure. So to help us talk about how to get through the holidays and maintain a healthy blood pressure, we're pleased to be joined again by Ira Antelis, who is the founder of 120life, 120life.com, 120life.com. Ira, thanks for joining us again. Appreciate it. Well, thanks for having me. It's, it's always great to, to talk with you. So what is the advice and counsel from Ira for the holidays? Well, that's, it's a little loaded, but I, th- <laughs> I think we start all the time with, with very simple, know your numbers, because... If you're not aware that you have high blood pressure, that's a problem. But if you know that you don't, that's also that's actually good news. So the first thing I tell everybody is know your numbers. That means you could go to your doctor to get first thing that a doctor usually will do when he walks in or she walks in is uh, they'll take your weight and your blood pressure. That shows you the importance of knowing your numbers, and uh, you can either go there or you can. Um, buy your own monitor at any pharmacy, and you could take it at home. So that's the first thing. And, and knowing your numbers will decide many things. As we age, your blood pressure tends to go up. So naturally, somebody might say, well, last year my blood pressure was 120-80. I haven't done anything different. I went to the doctor. It was 140-90. Some of that has to do with just you know, you know, as we get older. Um, the second thing, and probably more in the Midwest, is as it gets colder temperature-wise, your blood pressure will go up because your blood pressure, your, your arteries 
um, narrow a little bit during cold weather. Well, that's interesting, and that, that makes sense, too, particularly the aging thing because, of course, uh, a lot of people's weight tends to go up as they age because your metabolism slows down, so you need to worry about weight, and associated with that is, uh, is blood pressure. So, you know, a, a thinking about that then and the holidays and the, you know, binge and purging that goes with the holidays to yeah. some extent, the ingredients of 120 Life – those are heart healthy, blood pressure health, uh, blood pressure effective uh, uh, foods. But you know, tell us what the what those ingredients in One Twenty Life, the tart cherry and the pomegranate, what they do for blood pressure, and and then maybe with respect to your diet, some additional things that you can do to accentuate what One Twenty Life does in terms of helping maintain a healthy blood pressure. You know, every time I uh, come on to talk with you, I reread a lot of materials to make sure that my facts are correct. And um, two of our main ingredients I was rereading about this weekend, which is beets or beetroot powder and pomegranate juice. And what they do is they, when you consume them, they have nitrates and nitrates dilate, which means they open up your blood vessels. So usually within a couple hours, if you're drinking 120 Life and these ingredients, your blood pressure should tend to go down a little bit. The other thing we have is hibiscus tea uh, which is also known as, as an ACE inhibitor, and it naturally relaxes your blood vessels, which also, again, if your blood vessels are relaxed, your blood pressure tends to go down. As you mentioned, tart cherry and cranberry also are, are very healthy. Uh, tart cherry for many reasons, and they have uh, like ACE inhibitors that it will tend to help you, the antioxidants for your blood pressure. So those are some of our ingredients and why they help. The other thing um, I would get into, and I just read, again, this weekend, I was reading this, the conclusion from somebody who had researched uh, so 85 studies that it said that his conclusion was that if you cut your salt any amount, it will lower your blood pressure. Really important. So let's just say you're going to do one thing different, and you say, okay, I'm going to have, instead of popcorn and put salt on it, I'm just going to have plain popcorn, or if, rather than salted peanuts or pretzels, I'll have them without salt. Doing just one thing will, will help you lower your blood pressure. And then that allows me to eat my body weight in mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving? or <laughs> Yes. I mean, I think you know, holiday is complicated, and, and there's no way to get around the food. Uh, you know, So I think we go into an understanding it's going to be stressful because most family situations are stressful. Uh, the food is, is going to be full of things that maybe uh, during the year we don't consume as much. But I think you allow yourself to do it and then take some logical steps afterwards. That's actually, you know, the salt thing. So, you know, when I have my uh, pitcher of margaritas, just don't have the, uh, the, the, the rim salted. That's all, right? Exactly. It's all bargaining with, uh, you know, one food versus the other. And then that's where 120 Life comes in. It's funny, exactly. The 120 Life, I think, especially starting your day, I, I talk to people that call me, you know, are your listeners, and just, you know, wonderful people, and they, they talk about, I'm, I'm like, how's your blood pressure? And many of them will say, I don't even know, but it makes me feel better. And I think one of the reasons, again, is a lot of our ingredients dilate, open up your blood vessels, which will make you feel better somewhat instantly. By the way, that's another important aspect of just how you run your operation, and I want to emphasize that you you talked about talking to our listeners. When when you call 120 Life and you you got a question or you want to check in on something, or even if you uh, want a refund, you're talking to you. You the the exactly. the, the, cus, the customer gets you and talks to Ira about the product and 
and whatever questions that that person may have. That's exactly right. And as as you know, and you've said, if if it doesn't work for you, just call me and we will refund your money. There's no questions asked. You know, no product works a hundred percent. We think it helps many many people, but if for some reason it doesn't, I will call you back. Or if you have any questions, people call me and say, should I refrigerate it? Should I drink at the same time every day? Can I drink half a bottle? You know, things I would never actually thought of. But mm-hmm. I love to talk to people, and, and um, especially your audience. They really, really, you know, you get to know them and, and um, just great people. The other thing about 120 Life, the, the actual website is a resource, too. So there's, I mean, you're, you talk about you being a voracious reader and keeping up with the science and developments. And so you're passing along this information to, to your customers as well. That's exactly right, because I think the key to any of this is some of the things I explained already. You, you know, we talked about cold weather. Who knew? Who knew that cold weather will raise your blood pressure? We talked about aging. I didn't know, but now I'm... Re- so I like to just pass this information. Information can really help us figure out many, many things. All right, so for uh, the person who wants to try 120 Life, what's the best way to engage with you and try try your product, 120 Life? Absolutely. So you can go to uh, 120life.com, um, and it will give you the phone number to either call or send an email if you have any questions. Uh, it's pretty easy to order. Uh, if you go to our website, we also give a free ebook. Just some very basic information. Again, if you if you have any questions, you, you call the number and uh, I will respond. Don't forget, use the promo code Dan me uh, right. for ten percent off your uh, two week trial pack. There you exactly. go. All right, Iran Tellis, the founder of One Twenty Life, one two zero l i f e dot com, one twenty life dot com is where you go to order his product and uh, get your heart healthy, maintaining that healthy blood pressure. Ira, thanks as always for joining us. Appreciate it. Happy holidays to you. The stories you need to know to start your day. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. Hey, business owners, is your business and money in good hands? Does your bank invest in your success? Hi, Mike Gallagher here, letting you know that when you need a relationship bank, Signature Bank makes commercial banking personal. I love these guys. Not only do they have expansive industry experience, a strong financial track record, but they're also highly capitalized for strategic growth. That's so important. That's why Signature Bank is my bank. They know what it means to grow a business by designing solutions that are right for you and only you. These are real people. They're ready to help. So reach out to my friends at Signature Bank. Make the call today, 773-467-5630, 773-467-5630, or visit them online at SignatureBank.Bank. That's SignatureBank.Bank. Your business could be Signature Bank's next success story. Go online, SignatureBank.Bank, member FDIC, equal housing lender, Signature Bank. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy Triple Thread is out with some new campaign ads. Uh, I think you have to see them to truly appreciate them. I tweeted one of them out yesterday. This is apparently going to be a cereal with these two couch potatoes. Uh, One is... um, she delivers. Oh, she delivers. Two yeah. dudes sitting on the couch, you know, playing a video game, just not working, talking about uh, the mayor's race as they're wont to do. These young people in Chicago, <laughs> in their please, <laughs> it's like the new pajama boys. Yeah, in their the new West, couch boys. In their West Loop loft. Yeah. Mayor Lori Lightfoot launches a plan creating thousands. Has Lightfoot done anything? Given the mess she was dealt. Lori's delivering. Chicago's number one for corporate expansion and ranked best American city. She even got 5,000 new Google jobs. 
and he knows a lot. She was cool during COVID. Uh, uh. Hey, <laughs> did you order thousands of new jobs and a pepperoni? <gasps> Told you she delivers. Oh my god. Okay, I I have not seen that one, and I don't want to see that one. She delivers thousands she... of new jobs and a pepperoni pizza. I, I love the um oh boy given what she inherited. Right. It's not it's everyone's fault but her own. Yeah, Lori Lightfoot inherited lemons and she made them into fentanyl. Uh here's uh she delivers again. Lightfoot delivers? What about crime? People don't know. She's delivering record spending for violence reduction, getting guns off the street, and more money for police. You know we didn't get into this mess overnight. True. Getting out of it takes time. And Lightfoot has a plan. Right? Hold on. I couldn't have said it better myself. Want to play? Love to, but I've got work to do for our city. She delivers again. 312-642-5600, turnkey.proanswer line, 64636DA, turnkey.pro text line. She uh, doing enough to uh, uh, polish up that reputation for re-election? Did she pop out of the kitchen on that one? Where was she's, she? Yeah, they, they pan over and, and she's, she's on the phone. Oh. She's at like the counter while they're playing video games. Oh, yeah. And in, then, the, in the house. In yeah. The loft. You know, I, I mean, the thing about it, like, I, as I tweeted out yesterday, you know, I know the murder and the mayhem and the the exodus of companies and jobs and terrible schools. And... 289 kids shot this year. I know, you know, but uh, I just can't stay. I just can't stay mad at her. I mean, she's having so cute. She's having so much fun. She's so charming. I think that personality uh, wins her a second term, don't you? Honestly, the way that the midterms went, people are that stupid that they'd vote her in because they'll watch these commercials and they'll actually believe this bull jive. Every press conference I go to, they say crime is down, armed robberies are down. Mm Hmm. Car checkings are not down. Armed robberies are not down. They just feed you with lies. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just to give you a sense of the range we're talking about when it comes to a compelling leader like Lightfoot, the, the, the range that she has, she can be lighthearted and self-effacing. As I said, charming, the charm offensive. This is the greatest charm offensive I've seen, those two commercials, since Rahm Emanuel donned a cardigan sweater when he was running for re-election and, and did the kinder, gentler Rahm routine. And like it worked. He beat, yeah. beat Chewy in the runoff. He did. Uh, but so she can be that. She can be, you know, somebody walked off the soundstage of a sitcom. But she's also, of course, of course, she's an inspirational leader. Believe in us. Believe in the city. We have come through hell and back, and we are the better for it. Our economy is the best in the country. We are making significant progress in public safety, implemented some of the most progressive policies that are going to make life better. I'm not going to sit here and tell you we did everything perfectly. We haven't. But we've tried our darndest to make sure that we got it right. And when we haven't, you pick yourself up, and you listen, and you're humble, and you learn from your mistakes. That's good enough for me. 312-642-5600, 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro, answer line. You know what? I'm, I'm not buying any of that bull jive. And what she did what? to us during COVID, are you kidding me? Do not forget, people. 
that she shut down 18 miles of the lakefront uh, when we could have gotten out and worked out and exercised. Hey, hey, and de Blasio hey. had all his beaches open, uh, and she shut uh, ours down. That she wouldn't even let us walk in parks. Always the nattering nabob of negativism. Oh, and then oh, when everybody was playing hey, sports in she Illinois, said, she would not oh, let us gosh, play sports. Blah. No, I had to. I infiltrated oh, her press conference, yeah, Dan, and stood there. Yeah. And, and they asked me to leave. They said they're going to call the cops. I said I'm on. Pre- I'm on public property. Call yeah, the cops. Yeah. And I well, made her instigate sports. You're dragging for it down. Chicago. Drag, no, no. Dragging it down. I, Look, she said yes. not everything went perfectly. But you're humble about it. You pick yourself up. You dust yourself off and you carry on. Well, I'm not doing that. That little lady is. I like the I, cut of her jib. Real, real quick, though. Because I was at the Jewels yesterday, and this guy was out front. And I said, what, what are you looking you know, for? Are this the police board? What do you need signatures for? And he said, I'm getting signatures for Mayor Lightfoot. But don't worry. I'm not voting for her. I can't stand her. <laughs> That's what the man said to me outside of the Jewels on Southport. Yeah. Anyway, so okay. you're getting paid to do No, because she's not turning in her 12,500 valid signatures on Monday. She's going to wait to the last day because she's going to have so many, Dan. It's going to be big. When you come on the on the, on, on November 28th and you see the wheelbarrow Wheelbarrows, um, or the hand truck that we pull in truck. with all of our petitions, yes. I think that will answer your question. I, God, I, she's good. She is so loved. She didn't need a hand truck. Yeah, I, I, I agree. Hey. I, I like it. Uh, she's, you know, she's got just enough spunk to turn this whole thing around. I'm, I'm sold. I got to tell you. And you're going to forgive her for all of her sins. You know, you're going to break. You drove gonna, you out of the city. You're going to break a few eggs. Stop it. Uh, John in Wakanda, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Good morning, Dan and Amy. I, I'd like to know why, uh, Dan, you keep talking about Paul Vallis. Is it because he comes on the show once in a while? Well, it's because he's a candidate for mayor. Why do I keep talking well, about him? We don't talk about him a lot. We're going to talk about we're going to talk well, about Well, but all, even mentioning him is, is well, here's the deal. He he cannot, he doesn't have enough common sense to understand that to get on, the best way to do this is to get on and run as a Republican and get on the ballot. He's not going to make it through a primary. He can't raise money. Nobody remembers who he is. He doesn't, he's not going to raise money. He's not going to be able to money. tell people that, that he ran for governor. And he lost because he didn't want to go downstate because he couldn't fly. He didn't fly. He, he left. He advocated downstate to uh, Rob Bogovich, and that's why he lost by like fourteen thousand votes. He doesn't have enough. He can't. He can't win a primary. He can't raise the money, and no one remembers who he is. Uh, he right. needs to run as a Republican and redefine the republic his, his being a Republican just to get on the ballot. But he doesn't have enough common sense to do that. Thanks for the call, John. First of all, it's a nonpartisan race. Thank you. Secondly, um, so it's not like there's a primary to two primary winners representing the two parties. Connect with Dan and Amy using the AM560 mobile app. Download it today at 560theanswer.com slash mobile. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Let's go, lesbians. Let's go, lesbians. Will you stop? 
Well, that's what Lori Lightfoot's rallying cry uh, uh, after the midterms when oh, you had right. uh, two lesbian governors elected, Massachusetts. Massachusetts and Oregon. Let's go lesbians. Let's keep it rolling for uh, Triple Threat here in Chicago. 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro, answer line 64636DA, turnkey.pro, text line. Look, I like my time as the uh, president of Whitey's for Willie. Oh, that's and, right. And I like Willie Wilson. Yeah. And I like Paul Vallis, but I got to tell you, uh, after uh, this uh, ad campaign that uh, we played, we'll reset here. You know, tell me if uh, this little lady doesn't deserve a second term. Mayor Lori Lightfoot launches a plan creating thousands. Has Lightfoot done anything? Given the mess she was dealt, Lori's delivering. Chicago's number one for corporate expansion and ranked best American city. She even got 5,000 new Google jobs. And... She was cool during COVID. Hey. <laughs> Did you order thousands of new jobs and a pepperoni? <laughs> you. Told you she delivers. Womp. Uh, Isn't that great? Uh, it, she's, uh, she's absorbing. She let the city burn in 2020. Oh. Oh, I hate to rain on her Come parade. On. There's so many things she's done wrong. She's. Ruined it. And my favorite during COVID, she did brawl during COVID. Are you kidding me? Remember when she went out and talked to some kids on the streets to try to get them inside? You want to take take this virus back to your house and get your mama's Let's move on. Tell me to go home. You go home. Am I raining on your parade? Oh, you're being petty. Oh. Come on. Well, you like the karaoke contest? And right before she announced the winner. I loved it. She got up there and sang because it's all about her. Yeah. I mean, that's my point. Do you want a charismatic leader? Or do you want some, you know, vanilla fuddy-duddy who can do math? Boring. Oh, like Paul Vallis, who's nerdy. Get out of here. Left CPS with a billion-dollar surplus, but don't trust him. Yeah, okay. Yeah, sure. Hey, he's going to back police, I'll tell you that. Yeah. His sons are, one's a firefighter, one's a Chicago, uh, a San Antonio. Um, Uh, Credentials, please. We got Rona Busters. We got the karaoke contest. We got the Census Cowboy. We oh, got somebody right. finally, you know, telling the CEO of McDonald's what time it is. You know, you don't, you don't come bitching about crime in my city. Well, how could that's you the we... kind of that's the kind of you know provocative yet infectious mayor that I want. We're kicking it in high gear. Kicking it in. And with that comes a visible uh, digital and TV campaign, and I'm excited about it. She's Obviously, she's very excited. And look, you know, she is reflective. She's nothing if not reflective. She's uh, the first one to admit when, you know, something doesn't go exactly so. But you got to believe, baby. Believe in us. Believe in the city. We have come through hell and back. And we are the better for it. Our economy is the best in the country. 
we are making significant progress in public safety, implemented some of the most progressive policies that are going to make life better. I'm not going to sit here and tell you we did everything perfectly. We haven't. But we've tried our darndest to make sure that we got it right. And when we haven't, you pick yourself up and you listen and you're humble and you learn from your mistakes. You know, I stopped believing in myself until I saw that. I believe in myself again. That's the power that she has. She not only makes you believe in her, she makes you believe in yourself, for goodness sakes. Citadel left, Caterpillar, Boeing. Oh, companies come and go. Big deal. But she added thousands at Google? Tom and Volo, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Yeah, about Quinn running as a Democrat uh, or Republican. He's just a Democrat. When he was governor of the state, he uh, changed the divorce laws here. To whereas if you were married 30 years, you had to pay 30%. He took 20, 20 years, another 25% or whatever it was. He took away my right to a trial, and a lot of people are there like that now. I think the guy's nothing but a fool. He's an ex-teamster. I'm a teamster now. We used to call him clowns for Quinn, for guys that used to try to have him elected. The guy was useless there. He wouldn't help the city at all. Oh, well, thanks for the call, Tom. Clowns for Quinn, wow. Yeah, well, I mean, Pat Quinn, I don't know about running a, nobody's suggesting he runs as a Republican or would, or anybody's running as a Republican. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, so I'm saying, Pat Quinn is old news. Lori Lightfoot is old Courant. She makes TikToks, which I'm sure her daughter loves. So I'm saying. Everybody loves one. Mom jumps on there. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. I mean. Comedians for your children. She is, you know, uh-huh. center cut, man. She is an embodiment of all that is good about our culture in Chicago. Don't you think? Michael, Southside. Oh, Southside for Lightfoot. Oh, right, right, right. She's passing favors on the South Side. Uh, morning, and Dan. Morning, Amy. Thank you for taking my call. Uh, she was a disaster even before covid you anybody else remember her going back on her word about the uh, the Lincoln uh, project? Lincoln Yards. Yeah, Lincoln Yards. Yeah. Remember when she said she would oppose it, and then backed off. Yeah. You know, but, you uh, you, you you oppose it, then you turn around and support it. You pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, and you just move on. Why why people get hung up on campaign promises and and the sort? Thanks for the call, Michael. You know. Yeah, raise taxes, support a development, oppose a development, defund the police, pretend you support the police. I mean, what's does it matter? Creating new or giving funds to hire more police officers. Jobs Is she really leave, doing that? Jobs. Con- Is she really doing that? You know, I mean, look, uh, look at the Democrat socialists. Um, uh, uh, by the way, what is the Democrat socialist? Is that just redundant? That's redundant. Yes. Um. Or what's the difference between a Democrat and a socialist? Pace? Uh, Alderman uh, Byron Sigcho Lopez. He's down there, like, near South Side, Lower West Side, like McKinley Park, Pilsen. Uh, (laughs) He issued a release in all caps. We're calling for a 48-hour ceasefire in in our communities, although he... It's a typo there. Uh, uh, Our communities, while the peace... Keeping teams on the ground work through relationships for a truce. Yeah, calling for a truce. 
Wait, well, now, uh, why is that funny, Dan? I love it. Because this is a guy who wants fewer cops. Oh, yeah. That's what happens when you defund police. Matt O'Shea asked uh, colleagues on city council to raise their hands if they want fewer police officers. Lopez raised his hand. No, he didn't. He, he did. did raise his hand. Well, then he gets what he voted for. Well, his residents get it, too. They're getting it. The Near West D- District, 12th. 12th District lost 26% of its officers in 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 uh, Sigcho Lopez's ward. Um, the Ogden District, 10th District, uh, down 13% since uh, May of 2019. And shootings are at an all-time high in his ward. So now all of a sudden, I mean, I guess he still wants fewer cops because, you know, cops are bad. Um, but he... He has to say something, so he calls for 40 hours, he's fire, and he he talks about these imaginary peacekeeping teams that are coming to negotiate a imaginary truce. Is your super PAC going to run those ads again? Because you don't even have to change them. Just get the scream ad back out there. Well, if I do anything, I'm do anything. I was going to, after those commercials? Oh, you're out. After that that Mia Culpa, that that sense of self, that self-awareness that you heard from life, I'm a... To endorse her, support Lightfoot for re-election, don't you think? Seriously, is there? I mean, is there a point to do something else? I, you know, I mean, her and Chewy Garcia, Super Mario. I mean, well, come on, he does look like Super Mario. Yeah, come on, he's a good guy, right? Yeah, who's who's got more spirit? Go lesbians. Yeah. Let's go lesbians. With three exclamation points for each lesbian. That's a that's a rally. That's fine, yeah. That's go a rallying cry the city can unite around. You know what? And I'm sick of the division. Let's go lesbians in twenty twenty three. Right? Why not? Jim downtown. Hey Jim. Oh yeah. What's up? Oh, I was going to say, Big Bill Thompson was the last Republican mayor. That was 100 years ago. Mm-hmm. And he was a gem. He was a real gem. Yeah, he was corrupt. He'd take a hot, yeah, he'd take a hot stove. He'd take a hot stove. <laughs> so I, I, it, 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 it'll be another 100 years before. It'll be about 300 years from now when, when a Republican wins mayor in Chicago. All right. That's, an impass- that's impassable. All right. I'm, I'm marking that down. You know who's All not right. running? Twenty. Uh, let's see. That would be oh, wait, 23, 20. 20. Three. Oh, perfect. Twenty three, twenty three. Yeah. All right. Put that on your calendar. I don't know if you heard the news, but um, and I, Tom Tony is not going to be running for mayor of the city. Let's go lesbians. Let's go. He's going to be have on. Have to be a good neighbor. Otherwise, no. I'm going to be up your butt every day. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he'll he's going to be. The... He'll be on board with Let's Go Lesbians. Yeah. I don't know about that. He didn't. They had a falling out, those two. Oh, come on. Uh, Karen and Beecher. How much worse does advertising actually have to get? Darren Stevens, with a spell from Endora on him, couldn't have gotten it more wrong. And you're cracking me up because every time you play that um, I Deliver uh Ad. She does deliver. My dogs pepperoni think pizza. our doorbell is ringing, and uh, they think pepperoni pizza is there. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. She doesn't. And then she, Amy, she doesn't make deliveries to Beecher though. And by the way, you can't you can't comment on the city if you don't live in the city. 
Oh, oh yeah, oh, Dan. Oh, yeah. Right. Oh, yeah, you're not allowed uh -huh. to. Not allowed Sorry, to. I forgot all about that. Yeah, can't but comment Amy, on it. I do have a question. I want to know what lakefront you were kept from because oh. my son lived down there. And from March 2020 till he left last February, we were down there all the time, every lakefront. Um, he lived in Lincoln Park. We just walked right under the barriers or pushed them aside and waved oh. to the cappers. We were never kept from the lakefront, and it was that easy. Oh, well, we were, call, especially if you wanted to go to the dog beach. Couldn't go to the dog beach, but we did work out a deal. You, if you wanted to watch the sunrise on the weekends, you could get there early because the cops didn't get there until 9 a.m. to kick you out. So what you're saying is exactly what uh, those hip uh, West Loop loft dwellers mean, said it, is that she was cool during covid I, exactly no, cool ridiculous. during covid the felix and oscar style dudes that's what we should call them felix and oscar because they're going to be in more camp campaigns i hope so roland in arlington heights you're on chicago's morning answer yes remember pat quinn is the person that is going to guarantee mr cremo of highland park is still going to keep uh, breathing air until he dies naturally because he got rid of the death penalty. Well, it started with George Ryan's moratorium, didn't it? But, yeah, okay. All right. Well, yeah, so exactly. Great. Great. So, you know, no death penalty and uh, no cash bail and, you know, maybe get rid of electronic monitoring, too. I don't know. you got to work that out with the county, Kim Fox and all that, Tom Dart. But I'm sure they're on board. Well, why do you want to change anything? You know, we've been through hell, but... We, we did it together. We did it together. We got to the other side. Yeah, uh-huh. Let's keep the good times rolling. Right? Shut down all the pools because she was worried about fecal spray because Dr. Nzike told her about that. Fecal spray was the name of my <laughs> college garage band. And it was a cover for Indigo Girls? <laughs> Let's go lesbians. <laughs> Perry Niles. Hi, good morning. Uh, I I heard you call Chewy, uh, what, Mario? Super Mario, yeah. All right, yeah, I've had a nickname for that guy for about three years, but I've just been waiting for him to become irrelevant, even in any way at all. So uh, he's got a funny A-Rod name. And you know how to make an A-Rod name, right? You use the first letter of the first name and the first syllable of the last name. Okay. So what would Chewy Garcia's A-Rod name be? I, I'm sorry, what is it again? The first the first letter, what is it? Oh. The first letter of the first name, the first syllable of the last name, like A-Rod or J-Lo. Oh, see ya. See ya. Cigar. Cigar. Oh, cigar, yeah. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, yeah. 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 all right. All right. Well, call it's a, maybe be on his messaging team, Cigars, Super Marios. Oh, by the way, um, uh, speaking of Chewy Garcia... Uh, you know all that um, that crypto king cash that was washing through the Democrat Party, the oh, FTX. Yeah, they, they paid for the you know to have control of the Senate, the FTX cash. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That guy, he just spent millions on Senate candidates. Yes. Yeah. Warnock um, and others. Uh, yeah, Warnock and others, including. And uh, it's Nevada. I know he spent a lot of money on her race too. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. We got that, including. Yeah. Yes. Including. Who? Other leftist politicos like no, don't say it. Maxwell Frost in Florida and 
Sydney Camlager in California, and oh. Representative Jesus Chewy Garcia in Illinois. Oh, he got some of the cash, huh? Between two hundred and nine hundred seventy-two thousand dollars, he's in that category. So maybe you some give it back. I, I tell you, you know, as I'm as I'm running this uh, campaign in support of triple threat. Uh, yeah, exactly demand right. It. I'm going to demand that he give that back to um, Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen to help defray their legal fees since they're tar- part of the targets. They're among the targets in that class action suit. Yeah. Uh, Kurt in Lamont. Hey, Dan and Amy Morning. My comment is that uh, the mayor didn't mention uh, that the pizza comes with sides of crime taxes and school closures. She delivers. Yeah, thanks for the call, Kurt. You just sounds so smart with that British accent. Yeah. Or was it Australian? Uh, mm. I think it's British. Whatever. Hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I can't. So. I think so. I can't decipher between the two. Phil and Wheaton. Hey, first of all, I love your show, but the Lori Lightfoot commercial where she delivers the pizza with the pepperoni, based on her, she has the biggest you-know-what in Chicago. Should the pizza say extra sausage? I owe. Thanks for the call, Phil. Where That's is the that other audio? All right. She should, the next time she, she does that. Be like, I got the biggest show. No. Let said, me whip this out. I got your pepperoni right here. <laughs> Check out this pepperoni. That's the other thing. She's got the biggest uh, right. dong in town. Because that's what she told people. Well, I know, but that's that like that's a calling card for our city. She's an ambassador for the city. That's why she was able to get her hair did during the shutdowns. Right. I was out of my mind. She's the that. face of the city, and she's also the schlong of the city. <laughs> biggest schlong. Let's go, lesbians. You've made the switch, and it feels so good. You switch to Chicago's morning answer on AM560, The Answer. Only the biggest stories, only the biggest guests, and only the biggest opinions. This is AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy uh, Pagliacci Schumer. He's the Senate Majority Leader, and he still is going to be the Senate Majority Leader come next session. He uh, is talking about what's on tap, or what should be, for Congress next year. And that, of course, uh, includes uh, a renewed call for a path to citizenship. Now more than ever, we're short of workers. Uh, We have a population that is not reproducing it on its own with the same level that it used to. The only way we're going to have a great future in America is if we welcome and embrace immigrants, the dreamers, and all of them, because our ultimate goal is to help the dreamers but get a path to citizenship for all 11 million or however many undocumented there are here. <laughs> oh, however many. He doesn't even know. Whatever, 11, That's 20, 30, 50. Small whatever. detail, Dan. Come on. Whatever. Yeah, um, we're uh, not reproducing at a... Up, uh, significant enough level. Yeah, well, uh, um, uh, those... well, people aren't having kids because they're worried about climate change. Well, of course, sure. Yeah, I mean, do your po- do your part, Dan. I think you're doing your part. What's the point if uh, the world's going to end in 2030? I mean, I, I wonder how the. Uh, I just love hearing um, somebody who supports abortion on demand all nine months, taxpayer funded, yeah. uh, laments a populace that is not reproducing. Uh, but again, you know, if you if you uh, make eleven million or whatever the number is, street legal, then you don't have a problem. 
For more on this and other issues, please be joined by Doug Collins, former congressman from Georgia's 9th, ranking member of the Judiciary Committee when he was there, author of The Clock and the Calendar, a front-row look at the Democrats' obsession with Donald Trump. He's also the host of the Doug Collins Podcast on the Salem Podcast Network. Get that at DougCollinsPodcast.com. Doug Collins, thanks for joining us. Appreciate it. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, what do you think, uh, 11 million, whatever the number is, you know, you got to get that done. Well, before we actually get, I mean, you, you just brought it out. I mean, it, it is, I mean, under the definition of hypocrisy, uh, stupidity, uh, you know, whatever you want to put it, is a picture of Chuck Schumer. And, you know, basically, here's somebody who's advocating taxpayer-funded abortions after 40 weeks, and yet saying we're not producing enough kids. Okay, come on, Chuck. The political <laughs> come on, man. is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, come on, man. You got one job. One job. Tell the truth. You know, <laughs> it ain't fair. Um, but the other part of this is, is, it's really stunning how the press let him get away with, well, the 11 million or so. That number is somewhere in the neighborhood of 60 to 80 million, and that's conservative. So let's, let's be real honest about immigration. We've let it go for so long that the number is literally 10, sometimes could be as possibly as much as 8 to 10 times higher than the numbers that are going out right now. Uh, and what I mean, and, and of course, you're going to have this, uh, you know, divided Congress. Um, but, uh, you know, immigration is one of those issues that can, you know, cuts a few ways and pot- potentially can put together interesting coalitions. Of course, Marco Rubio uh, paid for it uh, when he ran for president, being part of the the uh, gang in the Senate that was looking for uh, some sort of deal on immigration and that didn't lead with border security, which was a problem for him. Um, but but what about that? It is with the narrow majority in the Senate and in it for the Democrats, narrow majority in the House for Republicans. Is there the possibility to do something substantive or is it just you have a Democrat party that just is an open border party and there's no deal to be done? Well, this yeah, the last two years has been difficult for Democrats. Cause I've dealt with Democrats on immigration before. And so we would have. You know, you'd had this idea that they knew that they needed some kind of a structural format. Now, the problem was up until Biden in particular, and I'm just saying in particular, you never had a, a, an open border, complete administration. There was at least a symbolic gesture of it, you know, during the Obama administration to a point. Toward the end, it got a little bit more open borders. But, but frankly, you know, Mayorkas is, is completely incompetent. His homeland security, he just lies when he says the border is secure. Um, you know, Biden administration has just determined that they want an open border. So now you've got Democrats in the House and the Senate who are sort of stuck. They're stuck in this idea that, oh, my God, we've opened up the borders. We're not sure what to do about it because any realistic plan has to include a border security plan. I've said it this way for years. If you walked into your basement of your apartment, your house, or wherever, and you saw the water about three feet high or in the in the floor, the first thing you would not start doing, and you saw a pipe busted on the other side of the wall, was not grab a pail and start throwing water out the window. You'd go fix the pipe. And until we do that, I mean, all the other ideas, or unless you're just, you know, hey, let's just make them all citizens, open border. That's, that, I mean, it's hard to find a common ground there. So, Doug Collins, former U.S. rep from Georgia's 9th Congressional District, uh, what happened to the red wave that we we're all expecting? <laughs> uh, I think a couple of things. I think it was you know, some issues with candidates. I think some issues with uh, fundamentals. And I've been, I was saying this throughout the, the whole cycle in a lot of areas that I would travel across the country. You had a lot of candidates who, from the Republican side, had good ideas, but did not have the fundamentals. They either depended on uh, an endorsement, whether it be from, say, Donald Trump or from or from somebody else, or they just depended on what they thought was the you know their the 
groups around them that, that promote them. But then you've got to looking at fundraising. You started looking at ground, you know, game, the, the digital aspects. And so you had some candidates who, frankly, they, they weren't able to compete in some areas. And then I believe really some of it just got to be a uh, the, the in suburban areas probably some of the abortion discussion is probably affect uh, some of the candidates. We started seeing that in Pennsylvania and some other places. Uh, the other part of it is is I think frankly there was too much expectation, and when you start raising expectations, it lowers the incentive for some of the uh, for, for folks to come out in some of these areas. And when you had I mean upwards of the week before polling. I'll, show, I'll use an example down here in Georgia. The Trafalgar Group, frankly, ought to reassess if they want to do polling in the future. They had the, hmm. the Herschel Walker Raphael Warnock race ten points to Walker. Wow. I mean, that's that's you. You're either trying to lie to people, or you're incompetent at in what you do. Yeah, uh, well, that's a that's an interesting point. Um, before actually, I, I want to talk about the Walker Warnock race uh, because you have particular insight being from Georgia, but. Uh, but before something you you touched on, and JD Vance wrote this op-ed, American Conservative, um, earlier this week about the fundraising infrastructure, and you saw this. Pretty, it was particularly pronounced on the Senate side, where the the disparities. Speaking of Walker Warnock, I mean Warnock was uh, 125 million to 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 Herschel Walker's 35 or 37, and you saw similar proportional disparities in Arizona uh, and uh, throughout the country. And uh, Vance was talking about, you know, the the small dollar donation infrastructure that the Democrats have through Act Blue that Republicans just don't have. And it leads to a real disparity in overall fundraising capacity, as well as an over reliance on the mega donors to come in and make up the difference. Yes. Uh, look, Act Blue, I personally believe, and again, this is a statement that needs to be investigated. We've never had a chance to do this. I'm not. I, I'm, I'm convinced that Act Blue is not legal. Okay, and hear me clearly. I'm not saying that they can't raise money small dollars, but the way it is reported, um, I'll give you two quick examples of what you just said. That, that says Democrats are willing to put money where their mouth is. Number one, about three, about four years ago, I had an opponent. I'm in a district in which no Democrat can win. Okay. Yeah, Republicans would just not have to run. That's the only way a Democrat can win an R30 district. And this gentleman, who nobody knew, nobody could have pointed him out in a lineup, raised $100,000 uh, online from Act Blue. And most of the, on the on his disclosure sheet, it would just show up Act Blue, $15, Act Blue, $20. I mean, I, you, you can't do that. I mean, you have no idea where that money's coming from. Mm. It could be the same person. So, again, I have a, a legality problem there, but unfortunately, DOJ never has looked at this. The second thing is, everybody's heard of Marjorie Taylor Greene from Georgia. Right. Marjorie Taylor Greene is also in one of those districts as well. That she just was not going to get beat. But yet, the guy running against her raised over $14 million. Wow. Small line donations. Got beat by 30, 40 points. We said this all along. And they did a story about it down here in Georgia. And they said, and a Democrat donor from Kentucky said he never looked into the race. He saw their donation. He said, I'll give $5,800. I mean, Democrats. I mean, again, and that's a, not that's not a small dollar, but it just shows that Democrats have have conditioned their voters and conditioned their members to give five dollars, to give ten dollars consistently, and that's what that's where you get these numbers from. Republicans have got to get better at it because we're we are, as you said, that too reliant on the the one time hit, the big donor coming in, and you know, again, there's something else about a five dollar donation. If somebody gives you five dollars, they're probably going to vote for you. 
Yeah, and they're yeah. and they may be an ambassador for your campaign too in their circles exactly. of influence. You exactly. you build an army that way. Um, uh, all right, so give us uh, handicap the the Warner. I mean, excuse me, the Warnock uh, Walker runoff here, December seventh. What's going to happen? Uh, it's it's now been thrown up in the air, especially with the fact of it no longer being for control of the Senate. That cuts both ways. For Warnock, it depresses a little bit the Democrat vote. There's no real, there's not a huge sense of need to get out vote for him for Walker again, sort of a Republican uh, two-edged sword there. Um, I think there will be uh, there's the emphasis on Walker's campaign it has a little bit of an advantage here because no one wants to give the Senate complete control, which 51 would, so they would have control of committees and everything else. That's going to help. But Walker's got to be able to, to bring back or figure out a way to get the 200,000 people who did not vote for him Republicans who voted for the rest of the Republican yeah. ticket. That's, that's the big takeaway right now, and I think you know Governor Kemp's actually going on the campaign trail this weekend for him. They had not campaigned together at all before now. Right. Um, so I think it's going to, I mean, I heard from one of my friends who was doing polling in this race, and they basically said the, the polling after, you know, was basically mirroring election day that it hadn't changed at all. They were both like 49, 48. I mean, this is just going to be a fight right down to the end. Uh, and who can actually get out their voters? The millions of dollars are great, but is it going to be able to target digitally and others to make sure you get your 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 voter to the poll? Well, the difference this time too, and this is important to point out because the, you know Georgia did advance some election reforms. Uh, the difference this time, as opposed to what happened in 2020, uh, you can't register new voters between the general election and the runoff. And last time around, the Democrats registered. I uh, think like a hundred thousand new voters in advance of the runoffs that took out the two incumbent Republicans. Yeah, there there were some. I mean, was, and that, they cut that out, and you can't re-register a lot of that. Uh, you know, that, that, at first they had that idea. Of, oh, you can move into the state of Georgia and register. Yeah, right, that, that, right. They couldn't do that, but there was a lot. Look, here's my question, and this has been brought up by folks from Kellyanne Conway. Oh man. When are Republicans nationwide going to play by the rules that exist? Yeah. And this is the part I've had a real problem with. But we found that it can work. Orange County Republicans in California lost everything in 2018. The next 2019, the first part of 2019, they had a local county administrator race, which was a countywide race. And Republicans beat a former sitting congresswoman in that race by playing the exact same games. And again, I'm, I, I'm not an advocate of ballot harvesting and, other, and sending out ballots, but that's what's legal in California. And it's legal in Pennsylvania. It's legal in other places. Republicans have got to get used to this idea that early voting and ballot harvesting, if it's legal, you got to use every minute. Why would you sit back and let another party use different rules than you? Right. And, 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 and unless Republicans get, I mean, we can be moralistic all we want about this, but until you gain control of the legislatures and change the laws like we did in Georgia and other places, I, I'm tired of the whining. It's, it's time to get out. You, I mean, it's like two NFL teams, one playing you know, Australian rules football, the other playing NFL football rules. Well, it's here's like, so stupid. voting took place for three months in Pennsylvania, and I think that helped Fetterman because people started voting before the debate. But now oh, in yeah. Georgia, so in Georgia with this runoff election, are people, is, is voting already open? And what about no, mail-in ballots for this special election? You'll have some, but I mean, it's such a hard, hard turnaround here on you know, getting an absentee ballot. We broke it back down to four weeks instead of the nine weeks that we had in 2020, which I never understood why we did that to start with. Um, but it's down to four weeks. There's going to be a week, a full week of early voting in person and coming up into the election, uh, which, you know, again, I, I vote early. I mean, it, it's just, it, there's a lot of way. Because here's what we found in Arizona and other places this time where people, Republicans, were told, 
ballot the day of the election or, or go vote the day of the election. Well, if you get there on the, in the afternoon and you're going to vote on the election day and something comes up, which life happens, then all of a sudden you have to leave and you don't get to vote. And yeah, so, right. you know, again, you got you got to be careful of that. I mean, if you know for a fact you're going to get up at 7 a.m. on election day and just, you're going to be at the polling place and you don't care, come hell or high water, you're going to vote, okay, fine. But if you're not one of those people, you know, use the tools that are out there to vote. Yeah, and and I mean, and I think what you're saying too is with Walker and Warnock. I mean, it's a ground game. Yeah, you're going to have yeah. some over the top TV to remind people the run ups, the runoff is coming, and the, you know, remind people refresh their recollection of the choices. But <laughs> but it's going to be who who gets their people to the polls as soon as they open. To your point, exactly. And again, money matters in that. And I think one of the best things Republicans did in this is they're using uh, some of the turnout uh, mechanisms or ground game from longer-established politicians in Georgia, like a Kemp and others, who had ground games in place um, you know, to help Walker in this side. So that they're investing not just in the, the political ads, but they're investing in the infrastructure to make sure people you know, get to the polls, because that, I mean, that was a significant drop-off in, uh, in the number that voted for the rest of the Republican ticket as opposed to voted for Walker. Uh, all right, before we let you go, we gotta got to have you chime in on this, too. So... You know, Trump makes his announcement at uh, Mar-a-Lago the other night, and uh, DeSantis still has all of the energy and the enthusiasm and, you know, according to recent pollings, the lead. But, you know, that's all that's all very fleeting. And as you were talking about with some of the polling, what do you think? I mean, are we are we in for a Trump uh, DeSantis slugfest or is is DeSantis going to you know, really uh, move on Trump and leave the re- leave him and the rest of the field in the dust? What's your sense of how this plays out? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting. Uh, look, I think it's going to be a full-blown primary. I, I said this yesterday on an interview. Look, Trump did what he needed to do the other night. He highlighted the differences. He went back. Um, a lot of people looked at it and, you know, and said, yeah, that's what he needs to do. The question, will he be able to stick to that? The others in the race will get in always knowing the fact that Donald Trump's in the race. And so the, I think, you know, if DeSantis, I've, I've heard rumor it'll be April, May before he decides that he gets in. He's got a, a legislative session to go through. But I think he'll end up with anywhere from five to eight in this race. And, you know, we'll see how it, it plays out. But I don't, I don't believe this is a, a wall. I think, the, you know, the former president has the advantage. Uh, there are people who still, down in my part of the world and in other parts of our country, and I traveled all over this fall, they still have, you know, the original campaign signs from 2016. Yeah. I mean, he's got a huge following in the Republican Party. What we've got to make sure of is that you know, he'll campaign on those differences. He'll have a much better chance. And then you've got DeSantis and others. And my last thing I'll say about this is 720-something days. That's how long it is to the next election. Yeah, long time. And that's, that is an eternity in politics. He is. I mean, that's like six eternities. He's uh, he's from a he former former congressman uh, from Georgia's ninth, Doug Collins, the uh, author of the book "The Clock and the Calendar: A Front Row Look at the Democrats' Obsession with Donald Trump." Host of the Doug Collins podcast on the Salem Podcast Network, which you can find at DougCollinsPodcast.com. dot com. Doug Collins, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate it. That's great to be with you. Y'all take care. Thank you. You too. And he joined us on our Turnkey Dot Pro Answer Line. Hear about the big stories of the day. Then talk about them right here on Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer.
This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. Moy, oh boy. <laughs> oh, I love the New York Times' timing. The New York Times, in partnership with the World Economic Forum, uh, with World Economic Forum partner Accenture, I should say, has a live event on the schedule for next week. Yeah, and? Features uh, Treasury Secretary uh, and former Captain Kangaroo, Janet Yellen. Oh, uh, Facebook's Mark Zuckerberg. Oh, boy. Ukrainian President Zelensky. And what is the a man billed as the CEO of FTX? Not anymore. SBF, Sam Bankman-Fried, Zelensky, what? Zuckerberg, and Yellen. He's going to appear. The conference sure fee. Lost millions of dollars on other people's money. I'm the sure. conference fee is uh, twenty five hundred bucks. Be sure to use the promo code the big guy for ten percent off. <laughs> oh. oh, oh. Oh, oh please, please push this forward. By the way, the Zelensky SBF is the best part of this, too. I mean, they're all, you know, in work in concert with one another. But so so uh, the big guy got humanitarian and now obviously tens of billions in military aid that went. But but the humanitarian aid before to Ukraine. OK, and then Ukraine announced a partnership with FTX in March of this year. And then Sam Bankman-Fried was the second largest donor to the Democrat Party this second cycle. Second only to George Soros. $38 billion. I mean, 30, $38 million. To, He gave money to Congressman Chewy Garcia. Uh, among many, many others. $38 million. And And what and were the calls now on the Hill? What are you, you going to do? Are you going to whistle Sam Bankman-Fried before a congressional committee. You're going to give back the money. Maxine Waters, well, he gave money to both sides. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll tell you what. Uh, I'm happy to call on the Republicans to give back the $300,000 in change he spread around a few Republicans in primaries if uh, your party will give back the other 36 point, you know, six five million that he gave to Democrats. Yeah, he helped Democrats take control of the Senate. With his dirty money. And the promise of a billion dollars. Oh, that's right. A promise he no longer is able to keep after his uh, magic money empire well, his lie came was crashing a, down. He's, he's a Bernie Madoff, don't you think? A little, uh, a little bit of a Bernie. Uh, he had such a big show at the Super Bowl with the Larry David I, I don't think we know that yet. I don't think we know okay. that yet. I don't think we know that. Oh, but no, I, we, we know the show, and we know people that were duped by it, including sophisticated investment houses. And investors, and now it's it's sort of, I don't know. I mean, I don't favor all this like litigation. You do you make a risky investment, and you don't do due diligence, and you lose your money. I mean, that's what happens. But but it is sort of fun to watch people filing this class action suit against Tom Brady and Giselle Bunchen and Steph Curry and Larry David, all these flacks for FTX because they're all in in it together, aren't they? SBF, Zelensky, Zuckerberg, and Yellen. What a conference that would have been. Drat. For more on this, pleased to be joined by Don Boudreau. 
economist, author, professor, co-director of the program on the American economy and globalization at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. Don, thanks for being with us again. Appreciate it. Always a pleasure. Um, oh, and I should also mention Cafe Hayek, the blog Cafe Hayek. You can regularly find his work, too. But um, what do you think about uh, Crypto King, SBF, and the story of FTX? So, you know, I, I'm not an expert on, on cryptocurrencies. I don't have any opinion on that one way or the other, except I will say I'm not invested in them. I think what's going on here, look, we should keep in mind the vast majority of business people, even those who fail, in a market economy, are perfectly honest and diligent. Not all ideas pan out. Sometimes they fail spectacularly. Um, and so this guy's performance, like Bernie Madoff, who's you know, proven to be dishonest, uh, uh, that, that shouldn't be taken to be a sign of, of, of capitalism. I think what's going on here is this guy charmed a lot of the elite, as you can tell by the fact that he's on this, he was scheduled to be on this New York Times panel. Yeah. He charmed all the elite because he was politically correct. He was, uh, and he was in favor of uh, what was it, socially conscious investing or effective altruism. Right. Um, and so this just, you know, the, the zeitgeist of our era now is that these ideas are, are, are wonderful and necessary. So we have a person, particularly a young person, because young people are idealistic, and you know, he, and he dresses like a bum, which makes him even more sincere. And so, right. of, of, of course, like like a of course, he must know what he's doing. He has, he's so he has novelty T-shirts yeah. on. Yes. And so let's throw money at him. I mean, you have billionaires throwing money at you, being fetid uh, by, uh, you know, famous polls like Bill Clinton. And Tony, I think Tony Blair was in on this at some level, I think. Um, then more people throw money at you. But eventually this House of Cards, as all House of Cards, cards do, comes tumbling down. I think what's going on here is is uh, this is a, uh, a, a an indictment of of the, uh, the socially conscious investment movement. Businesses should be focused on pleasing their consumers as best as they can. Forget about what business people say about uh, you know social causes, trans causes, uh, uh, these other causes. Let them be business people. And if you let business people be business people, you separate out the true business people from the frauds. Well, how did the government fail here? I mean, in Securities and Exchange Commission and Department of Justice? I I, I don't know for sure. I mean, these regulations, I know he was throwing money toward various politicians that would have some impact upon which particular government regulatory agencies would oversee uh, his firm and, 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 and the crypto market. I think I think it's still unsettled. You know, does it go to the Securities and Exchange Commission, the, the, the Commodities Future Trading, uh, the agency that, that regulates commodities? Uh, that's still, I think, unsettled. And of course, he naturally wants to get get the, 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 the he wanted to get the most favorable outcome for his firm. So another problem, by the way, when you have government getting government regulation, then then uh, uh, businesses and even honest ones are going to throw money at politicians who affect the decisions about how regulations are carried out, uh, which well, itself that, well, you know, puts well, poison into the market. Well, and, and he brought that poison to the market. I mean, one of the reasons mm-hmm. that he fell out of favor within the industry is because they saw what he was doing in greasing politicians to uh, bring regulation to a market when some of these other crypto kings or feudal lords didn't want said regulation and saw him attempting to use his political heft to... Yeah 
uh, you to, to, to leverage government to be a, a sword to be used against his competitors, as we see often happens. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, you know, I, I think governments, Amy, the answer to your question at, at a high level is government failed by having a discretionary power to create huge amounts of wealth with simple regulatory changes. And then when that's the case, and it is the case, then it's just understandable that business people are going to court government, you know, court politicians for favors. Uh, and, and that, in turn, brings to the fore uh, uh, people who are skilled at politicking, business people who are skilled at politicking, as opposed to business people who are true entrepreneurs. You get the true entrepreneurs being crowded out by the politically active, savvy ones like uh, uh, SBF. Yeah, and you know, um, the um, the other thing about this, the press corps. I'm talking now about the sort of yeah. the business financial press corps, much like we talk about um, the sports press corps and how they all want to be like journalists and serious. And you know what? They, they they most of the time they're they're all just like uh, dressed up versions of Page Six. They're all just gossip mills chasing what's faddish or what's popular. I mean, this guy was on Fortune magazine, the next Warren Buffett. How about yeah. now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now he's in the yeah. Bahamas trying to, according to Vox, he's trying to raise the funds needed to pay back all his yeah. depositors. Right. Well, that's not going to yeah, happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen. No, because that, you know, now, now the now the he's been exposed for what he is. Yeah, uh, right, right. There's yeah, not going to be a, a flood of money rushing to to, to park at uh, Sam Bankman Free's door. I mean, it's ridiculous. This this is just you know performative at this point. Yeah, and I mean, you know, it, 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 it just so happens he was in. I think, in my view, is it so happens he was in cryptocurrencies. It's a new thing. Young people understand he's a young guy. Uh, but you know, the, again, the bigger problem is uh, people were enchanted uh, by his falsely enchanted. Yeah. by his political correctness and, and, and activism. And that that is part of the root of the problem. Uh, switching gears, this was an interesting development since we reside uh, in a state that uh, features the longest-running series of emergency COVID orders in the Western world. Yeah, he just signed another one, our governor did. Twelve Democrats in the Senate oppose the continuing national emergency order the White House supports. Twelve Democrats, including Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, uh, voted to terminate the uh, emergency declaration associated with COVID. Um, just interesting. And, you know, and some in, you would expect that are in states that are a little bit more competitive. Uh, the Kristen Cinemas and the John Tester from Montana and the Joe Manchin, who's up for reelection in two years and so forth. But but for Schumer to join to provide some additional cover and to show some independence from the White House, and perhaps to um, recognize that uh, people want to move on, even some of the COVIDian-oriented Democrats. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, who knows how what goes on in the mind of an expert political calculator like like Chuck Schumer? Right. Um, and so, I, I I I don't know exactly what his motivation is, but I, I'm very confident in saying that it had nothing to do or very little to do with the public interest. You can, you can be darn sure <laughs> yeah, well, that, yeah. that yeah. He, he, he had his finger in the wind and he said, okay, this is going to promote my political well-being or, or the political uh, 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 benefit of, of, of the Democratic Party. And uh, uh, it, it, it does it. Look, people are obviously, so many people just fed up with the, with, with the COVIDian uh, story. 
Um, it has, of course, diminished in the past few months, but I do think a lot of people, myself included, from time to time wake up in fear that it's going to come back. You know, some yep. new variant is going to be discovered because we're just on the edge, and all it would take is, is uh, you know, some frightful story about, you know, some spike in cases or spike in fatalities. Um, but we got we have to get past that. And and so I was I think all 50 Republicans voted also in favor of this. Um, yeah, of course. Um, but I mean, but, yeah. but part of this, too, I wonder and you wrote about this is is if this is trying to stave off, not more so on the House side, uh, stave off uh, running inquiries and perhaps reckonings uh, with what policy choices were made and who made them over the last three years. Yeah, I, I, I think we're in dangerous times. I am all in favor of holding hearings to look into, you know, the, the, the way the agencies responded to COVID. Uh, and obviously if anyone did break a law, both either criminal or civil, those individuals should be held accountable under the criminal or civil law. What, what I am fearful of, however, is as much as I, I really, really dislike the COVIDians. I was anti-lockdown from the very start. I think what they did was just a horrendous and calamitous. Uh, I am scared of retribution, of, of, of holding people, but personally sanctioning individuals for their policy choices. As much as I hate those policies, as much as I'm convinced they were mistaken, they were taken recklessly and, and, and irrationally, um, once we go down that road, then I think we become more like a banana republic and less, and less and even less like a constitutional republic. We don't want the next government in power constantly to be punishing personally the people who are in the pre the individuals who are previously in government. We just have to be very very careful about how we handle uh, the next a couple of years going forward. But don't you think somebody has to pay for the big lie of? You know, if you get vaccinated, you won't spread it to other people and you won't get it yourself if you just take one shot. And then it was two, three, four, five. And now we're on number six. Yeah, you pay at the ballot box. I understand. And I think think a lot of the the payment should be in in terms of reputation. And I think there will be some of that. Um, A lot of the payment will be political. Um, You know, know, for a variety of reasons, the political political that we were expecting didn't happen uh, nine days ago on Election Day. Um, but, uh, I really worry that if we impose personal sanctions on individuals for their, even their calamitous policy errors, uh, that we open up a Pandora's box, a can of worms, call it what you will, it's going to come back to to bite us. And it's going to, I think the the precedent that it creates is going to be worse, uh, than, than, I think it would just be terrible, I believe. He is Don Boudreau, economist, author, professor, co-director of the program on the American economy and globalization at the Mercatus Center at George Mason University. He also uh, blogs at Cafe Hayek. Don Boudreau, thanks as always. Appreciate it. Thank you, Dan and Amy. Thank you. And he joined us on our turnkey.pro answer line. It's news, opinion, insight. This is Chicago's Morning Answer on AM560. The Answer. America First with Sebastian Gorka today at 3, right before Sean Thompson at 4 on AM560. The answer. Top of the morning, Dan and Amy. Uh, yesterday, 12 Republican senators joined all the Democrats in voting to pass the quote unquote Respect for Marriage Act, which, of course, 
in the traditional oxymoronic way that uh, bills are titled, does the opposite. It codifies into federal law the redefinition of marriage. Twelve Republicans, a lot of lame ducks, and uh, some that are just lame, like Pierre Delecto from Utah. Mitt Romney. Uh, Roy Blunt, Burr, lame ducks. Shelley Capito, West Virginia. Susan Collins. Cynthia Loomis, Wyoming. Rob Portman, Ohio, gone. Lame duck. Dan Sullivan, Tom Tillis of North Carolina, gone. Joni Ernst of Iowa. Lisa Murkowski of Alaska. Hopefully she's gone. And Todd Young of Indiana. Oh, Todd. Interesting. You happy about that? 312-642-5600. Turnkey.pro answer line 64636. Type in DA, then a quick comment. Republicans shouldn't fight on this, right? Just roll over because it's settled with the Obergefell decision by the Supreme Court. Might as well uh, go along with... uh, codifying this into federal law, right? Mitt Romney's statement, this legislation provides important protections for religious liberty, measures which are particularly important to protect the religious freedoms of our faith-based institutions. I appreciate the efforts of Senators Baldwin, Collins, and others to address this concern and heartily support their legislation. Tammy Baldwin from Wisconsin, who is a radical LGBT identitarian, uh-huh. Right. She's addressed the religious, the the concerns of people of faith. Sure. Of course. Well, I believe in traditional marriage, Pierre Delecto continued. Obergefell is and has been the law of the land upon which the LGBTQ individuals have relied. This legislation provides certainty to many LGBTQ Americans as it signals that Congress and I esteem and love all of our fellow Americans equally. He's godlike. He loves everyone equally. Does Pierre Delecto. It's beautiful sentiment. Well, it's strange because two days before this uh, was revealed, the Mormon church came forward saying that they support same-sex marriage. And I was shocked. <laughs> this, uh, but that's, you know, in lieu of what happened yesterday. So so what I, I, this actually will do, just FYI, I know I don't, I don't think there's much fight in Republicans, even a lot of conservatives, even people who don't believe in the redefinition of marriage. I don't think there's much fight there, but but understand what this will do. As Ryan Anderson uh, over at the Ethics and Public Policy Center wrote, don't be fooled by today's vote. The bill is not a compromise, not even a bad compromise. It actually enshrines a false definition of marriage, redefines marriage, into law, then tells people they can have their day in court if and when they get sued. Tom McCluskey, the director of government affairs at Catholic Vote, Those who supported the downward definition of the institution of marriage insisted the issue was one of fairness for all. Yet governments continue to use marriage redefinition laws to threaten the conscious and religious freedom of individuals, as well as entities such as foster care and social service providers who seek to serve their communities without being punished for their longstanding and well-founded beliefs. This legislation would give further fuel to that division and prosecution, perhaps persecution. Uh, an important um, matter here on the language, the so-called, you know, Tammy Baldwin and Susan Collins cleaned it up to make sure people's uh, First Amendment freedom of conscience rights were protected. Oh, sure, of course. Why, why wouldn't you trust Susan Collins and Tammy Baldwin? Noted proponents of religious freedom. Very concerned 
about uh, conservative Christians, those two. Sure. Uh, again, back to Catholic vote here. Uh, Eric Ahern writing about this. The key term in the legislation, state agents. It is not confined to clerks like Kim Davis or state social work agencies like Child Protective Services. State agents has been interpreted by the Supreme Court to apply to organizations that participate in a joint activity with the state, perform a function traditionally carried out by the government, or even merely have operations that are entwined with government policies. So charities, schools, and other groups would be liable under uh, this law if they refuse to recognize same-sex, underage, poly, poly, uh, polygamous, polyandrous, polyamorous, and so forth, foster care and adoption charities, faith-based shelters, emergency housing organizations, and religious organizations that cooperate with the state to serve the poor, to serve the poor could all be the subject to the subject of litigation. That's what will actually happen, despite Pierre Delecto's promises otherwise. What well, says the Respect for Marriage Act, a measure that would provide federal protection for same-sex and interracial marriages. I didn't know that we had a problem with interracial marriages. There is no problem. Right. There is no problem. So but why they're, is they're, part of this? Because they like to conflate issues. What are they doing? They're conflating, as they've done from the outset of this movement, they're conflating race with sexual behavior, sexual orientation. They're the same thing. Well, they're not. One is an immutable quality and the other is a behavior. That that's the basis of the conference of special rights and privileges. But of course they want to suggest that to oppose the redefinition of marriage is to oppose interracial marriages. It's absurd. And it's the position of exactly zero conservatives. But again, it's not just about this, is it? As we've tried to explain on this show for years and years and years, uh, dating back pre-Obergefell. Okay. You redefine marriage out of existence. That's where they're stop. Just like they want, just they just just civil unions, and that's where the Lavender Bund will stop. Is that where they stop? Next is maps. Well, next was all the gender politics from pronouns to drag queen story hours to not having to notify mom and dad if you're a minor and you're going to go mutilate yourself. With the help of the medical profession, I mean, what what is what's the last five to seven years been? It's all been trans and gender fluidity, and that finding its way into your K through twelve school systems curricula, right? Well, that was predictable, and it was predicted. So we, now, now, yeah, now we'll go to maps. Why not? What's to stop you? Oh, oh, we get to redraw the lines. No. No, but it's not a fight that conservatives wanted to take up. I'd like to see a Venn diagram, by the way, of never Trumpers and proponents of marriage redefinition on the right. Be interesting. You know, the Jonah Goldbergs of the world who both camps, for example. Mm -hmm. 
didn't think it would get this far down the road, did you? Yeah. Yeah. Who could have seen this coming? Lots of people. And so now we're at the boys and girls sports, for example. You want to stand up for that? Uh, not really. Wait a second. 75% of people uh, oppose boys playing girls sports. Oppose minors being able to get gender reassignment surgery without uh, parental involvement. Certainly oppose teachers uh, not working behind parents' backs when it comes to gender identity of their child, as is happening in places like California. Recordings from teachers' conferences that we've played on this show that Abigail Schreier obtained and publicized. Well, post all that, but you're, I mean, you're opposed to it quietly, right? I mean, you don't you know, fight about this. And then we under we are baffled at the underlying loss of cultural sway and the corresponding loss of elections. So, do you want to draw any more lines? I'm just going to sort of. I'm personally opposed to it, but, you know, not my fight. Not worth the fight. What do you think? 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro, answer line 64636. Type in DA, then a quick comment. You know, it's Somebody texted in, can I marry my pet, Sue? Perhaps. We'll see why not. Uh, love is love. That's what life's all about. Love is uh, who loves you and who, who you love and who loves you back. That's it. No limitations. Another text message. So now when this gay marriage law goes to court, the left can attack the conservative Supreme Court and go forward with court packing. Uh, This will be coming to big cities near you. San Francisco Mayor London Breed announced the uh, launching of a new guaranteed income program for San Francisco's trans community. The gift program, Guaranteed Income for Trans People, will provide low-income transgender San Franciscans with 1200 bucks a month for up Whoa. to a year and a half. Oh, my. That's big money. Hmm. Wow. That would get some people who are thinking about conforming to conform. Why not? This, this is a, it's, it's a payday attached to it. No. Special class of uh, individuals. They deserve a month? other people's money. Oh, my God. Right? Uh. Our guaranteed income program allows us to help our residents when they need it most uh, when they need it most as part of our city's economic recovery and commitment to creating a more just city for all. Yeah. Hey. This uh, follows on the city's abundant birth project, which offered basic income for black and Pacific Island mothers and pregnant people, because <clears throat> birth, no, birthing, right. birthing people, uh, during and after pregnancy. That's uh, to, 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 to a thousand bucks a month. Um, their payments apply for their for their first trimester until two years postpartum. Uh, yeah, last year, San Francisco launched a pilot program offering cash relief to local artists. Oh, I remember that. Who are disproportionately affected by COVID-19. I mean by the shutdowns? That's what they mean. Guaranteed income pilot for artists. Partnership with San Francisco Arts Commission. Up to 1000 bucks a month for 18 months. You know, you got to fit into a popular category. And then you get cash and prizes. And special rights. And you get to trample over the rights of others as what will happen as which is what will happen under this law uh, as you've seen in so many cases despite what the supreme court has held like for example gosh i don't know jack phillips and masterpiece cake shop in colorado who just has spent the last decade of his life when he's not trying to operate a small business in court because he gets one 
one complaint, one tribunal after another, dragging him before them because you can't let Jack Phillips be a Christian and run his small business. You have to participate in in a uh, same-sex marriage, uh, same-sex wedding ceremony. You have to. You have to make a cake or whatever we'd say for a gender reveal party. It's against his faith. You think that stops anybody? No. Well, you get to go to court. You get to spend a decade of your life in court, as Jack Phillips has. That's fair. That's respect for other people's rights. That's tolerant. Oh, yeah, they're, they're the party of tolerance. It's an appreciation for a diversity of beliefs on a p- particular topic. Sure. Okay. Mike in Plano, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. Hey, Dan, you know, you mentioned Jonah Goldberg and the Never Trumpers. Another guy I read yesterday in The Federalist was David Harsani, and uh, he was making the case that the GOP needs to um, somewhat abandon the uh, what he calls the NATCONs, the National Conservatives, then he posted an old Pat Buchanan bumper sticker in his article, and then he was basically making the case that, um, you know, they need to uh, stop listening so much to the social conservative and the religious conservative wing of the party, and they need to start appealing more to people who are uh, more socially liberal, who don't care about things like gay marriage, aren't threatened by things like CRT, and uh Listen, I, it's not uh, that he's all wrong in his article because he also made uh, mentions of things like that I agree with, like stop with the doomsday stuff of, um, you know, we can't afford another four more years or this election's the most important election since the last one type of stuff. But at the same time, I, I don't like uh, bending knee to the, uh, to the liberals. I mean, I'm a guy, I, you know, I'm a social conservative and a Christian. I want to fight for my beliefs. I, and I want political leaders that will fight for my beliefs, too, in an intellectual way. So I just can't agree with them on that. And I just wanted to know what you thought. Thanks for the call. Well, I, I don't. So what do what I mean? This is sort of a, a constant refrain. So what do you want to fight for? I mean, if you don't want to if, if you concede the point that things like family uh, and marriage and schools are the building blocks of civilization. Say, but I don't want to fight about it. <laughs> okay. And I mean, that you're just uh, preordaining where civilization will go. So don't be surprised when it goes there. You say no restraints, and then you're surprised when people act in a unrestrained manner. It, Candace Cameron Burr, I guess, is her married name now. You know, she's uh, she was on Full House. Oh, yeah, yeah. Kirk Cameron's sister. And she does, uh, I think, those Hallmark films. Well, she moved from Hallmark to Great, a family, great F- American Family Network because Hallmark's, you know, going LGBTQ. And uh, she was asked if um, she expects her new channel to feature same-sex couples as leads in holiday movies like the Hallmark Channel is. And she said, no, I think the Great American Family will keep traditional marriage at the core. That was her statement. Okay. What happened to her? What happened to her? Did is, they burn her house down. I mean, but, but you had other actors and Hollywood types calling her a bigot. No, this is just name calling, and I understand. You know, you take position. People call you names. That's part of living in a free society. That's fine, but it gives you an insight into the mentality. And then she had to come back and say, you know, I, I love everybody. I just, you know, believe in traditional, traditional marriage. marriage, and I believe that 
this is uh, the, the great American family network is a better place for me, whatever. Okay. But no, 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 uh-uh. you don't get to have that thought, you know, and you certainly don't get to express it. Okay. But, but I don't want to fight about it. That's not anything worth fighting over. We'll just fold in. Okay. So, you, so, so no on, I mean, you know, per what Mike was saying, Mike from Plano was saying, okay. So now I don't want to fight about school curriculum and, I don't want to fight about marriage redef, and I don't. I don't want to fight about um, you know minors getting invasive surgeries, whether it's without their parents' knowledge, whether it's gender reassignment or abortion. I don't want to fight about abortion on demand, and I don't want to fight about immigration. What do you want to fight about? Taxes, bond ratings. <laughs> you think that's the path back? Do you? Who believes that? Ralph and Rantoul. Hey, good morning, Dan and Amy. So all these uh, degenerate benefits that you were listing, are they stackable or are they like a lot of retail establishments where, you know, you can only use one coupon and then you have to save the other coupon for later? And addressing your question, question. what am I willing to fight for? If you're a trans artist, can you get both of the guaranteed basic income? Right, right. can you you stack them? And and in answer to your question... What am I willing to fight for? I'm willing to fight for all of it, because if we don't fight for all of it, it's all going to continue to fall. Thanks for the call, Ralph. The more you listen, the more you listen, the more you'll know. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. Morning Answer on AM560, The Answer. This is Chicago's Morning Answer with Dan Proft and Amy Jacobson on AM560, The Answer. All right, listen up with the 2022 midterm elections behind us. We are looking forward to 2023. The state of Illinois and our nation still face significant challenges that can't be solved unless we remain vigilant. So on Thursday, December 8th at Bishop's Hill Winery in Joliet, I want to invite you to join me along with Jeannie Ives for Uncorked Conversations, how the five biggest issues of 2023 will affect you and your family. It'll be me, Jeannie and several other ladies discussing the critical issues. It's an evening of fine wine and unfiltered conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, but mostly ladies, are invited to join us for this important event as we prepare to flip the calendar to 2023. Everyone who attends will enjoy wine, appetizers, desserts, valet parking. Seating is general admission and extremely limited, so get your tickets today at 560theanswer.com slash uncorked. That's 560theanswer.com slash uncorked. Because they got the beat, the campus beat, the campus beat. Yeah, the campus beat. Dan and Amy, this old man, he teaches history. No, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about White Martindale, who taught at Lehigh Temple and Villanova. I'm 83, still functioning, but past my prime. Most of the college professors and high school teachers in my cohort have already been shuffled out of the classroom. I concede I shouldn't be running for president or chairman of the board at my age. I'm terrible at understanding new trends and technologies. But history and literature, the events and works of the past, don't change at all. All we can try to do is understand why long-gone people did what they did and said what they said. 
That's where guys like me come in. Old people are good at looking back because our lives are made up almost entirely of the past, Amy. Dan. We think about it all the time. We know that our futures are likely to be brief. It's the passing of the traditions and customs to the next generation. Youth always rebels against age. Young people don't think about the past. They should be running things today because tomorrow is their concern, not mine. Teaching history and literature, on the other hand, begins with perspective, something older people should be good at. Hmm. What customs and traditions are you passing on to the next generation? Let's hear from some old fogies. Do your grandkids even know your maiden name? Do your grandkids care about the history of your own family, let alone the country? 312-642-5600, turnkey.pro answer line, 64636DA, turnkey.pro text line. This is a, a good little piece that uh, Professor Martindale has written. I'm th- I, you know, it got me thinking. So if it gets me thinking, it should have you thinking. That's the standard. <laughs> Dan's way or the highway. Martindale's rule number one. Yeah. And this is should be, you know, thinking about your kids' education, too, if you're not an old fogey and you have young kids. They're just in school, you know, primary grade to high school. Survey courses are the most important classes taught in high school and college. Professor Martindale. Not the, the host of, this is White Martindale, not Wink okay. Martindale, not the host of Tic-Tac-Toe, the professor we're talking about now. Survey courses are the most important courses, classes taught in high school and college. He writes, in English literature, it's Beowulf to Virginia Woolf. But nothing from the past 20 years. We simply haven't had the time to sort it all out. John Donne doesn't sound like Alexander Pope, who doesn't sound like Percy Shelley, who doesn't sound like Robert Browning, who doesn't sound like T.S. Eliot. With a little time and guidance, kids can figure this out. Charles Dickens doesn't view the world the way Jane Austen does. For American literature, the same principle applies. A student who hasn't read a half dozen poems by William Cullen Bryant doesn't understand American literature. Yeah, right. So if you haven't read uh, Thanatopsis, then you better go read it. Meditation on death. Hmm. A history survey courses are more important than topic courses, which litter college offerings today. It's nice to study the rest of the world, Asia and Russia matter, but not at the expense of what is central to Western culture, which is it's extremely diverse on its own. This little uh, essay provides sort of a nice framework for a well-rounded education, just if applying these principles in two simple rules. You heard the first one about survey courses at the high school and collegiate level. And also the roles, I, 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 li- I like, don't even, you know, like we shouldn't be teaching anything the last 20 years. We haven't heard, had time to sort all this stuff out. That's, that's, that's pretty interesting perspective. And there's so much that we have sorted out that needs to be transmitted to future generations. And how we teach history, since there are so many people insisted on rewriting it these days, 1619 Project. You can look at it uh, two ways, ex post or ex ante. Ex post dominates today. You look at an event and draw it to the present. Uh, But ex ante is examining the people in the context, the historical figures in their context, why they made the decisions they made. And so Professor Martindale observes we shouldn't judge the past by the standards of today. 
We're doing a lot of that, aren't we? But we change history all the time. I mean, look what we did to Veterans Day. It used to be Armistice Day, then they changed it to Veterans Day. And then that was just taken away. And nobody complained. And this year was, you know, Election Day. So they moved, you know, 11th, the Veterans Day off to Election Day. Well, okay, but I so then you know I. But that just doesn't give people appreciation. I I don't think our younger generation appreciation of what they our founding fathers fought for and what people in our family, if you're you know part of the branch of a certain military, what they did for your freedoms. That's lost too. Family history, country's history. Yeah, just okay. who's deciding? Like who's who's taking away? Then no one's complaining too. Well, so then, so again, you know, what are the old fogies? passing on in terms of traditions and customs. Do you have a Thanksgiving tradition or custom that you do? Uh, Christmas traditions, customs that people do? Uh, corollary to rule number one and uh, Professor Martindale's discussion of uh, English and history, survey courses. Rule number two, the old can't teach the young using outdated methods. We can't bury kids with homework or bore them with long lectures. Kids today read less than we did, and their attention spans are shorter. He suggests the Harkness method, which was developed at uh, Exeter, is a, like a, a roundtable discussion that encourages a class to explore the idea as a group. It works well for English, history, languages, and math. It's popular in private schools and is spreading to some large public schools as well. Harkness method. Teaching is hard, he concludes. Good teachers still have to know how to make contact with students and recognize a change in the climate of a classroom. But we have a special, valuable perspective. Real history is what older people live with. We should welcome the opportunity to share it. Oh. Mm -hmm. Or we can do what we're doing now as we... Yeah, I don't want to fight <laughs> about what's happening in K-12 through education and forget the colleges after... I don't know, the last five generations of what K-12 through education has produced. Well, then we're just going to end history, Francis Fukuyama, and start anew where the cultural Marxists tell us we're starting. And then we'll just pass on what the stylized version of this country's history or the history of Western civilization where everything is forced through the prism of race and gender and identitarianism. So is, is that if that's what we pass on in terms of traditions and customs, you want to talk, you know, forget all this talk about the civil war over red states and blue states and so forth. I mean, that is petty by comparison. If uh, we don't get a little bit more serious about the traditions and customs, about the role that uh, elders play, particularly elders that have the sort of breadth and depth of Professor Martindale, who have a lot to pass on, uh, then, you know, we'll be, you know, who knows when it ends, but we'll be another generation that took us further down, or several other, several other generations that took us further down the road to serfdom where we ended Western civilization. So don't worry about what's been written in the last 20 years. There'll be no need. Grant in Rockford, you're on Chicago's Morning Answer. 
Good morning, you two. Uh, my daughter's young, but um, we already read her the Rush Revere books. They're a little bit above her, but she seems to enjoy them. Um, they're they're well, you know, Rush. They're they're they he loved America. We we tell her it's the greatest country in the world, and what it's it's worth fighting for and stand up for what you want. I mean, it's uh, it's 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 hard. Have a good one, guys. Thanks for the call, Grant. Um, good parent. You know, or uh, it can go this direction. Did you see this uh, eulogy? And I use that oh, term loosely. So disrespectful. Yeah, I stopped reading it. it a daughter's crazy. eulogy uh, at the funeral of her father. Take a listen. But, Dad, please know that while I am grateful and highly aware of all that you've given this family, I still don't miss you. When you died, I felt like there was a hole. I missed something, but it wasn't you. It was the idea of what you could become. I miss being able to hope and wish that one day you turn a corner and see the world from my perspective. I miss the idea that one day you might help me fight for the things that matter. I missed my fantasy of you. Because when you died, it solidified the fact that you'll never be what you could have been, but only what you are. And what you are is a racist, misogynistic, xenophobic, Trump-loving, cis-straight white man. That is all you will ever be to me. And Dad, before you tell me to respect the dead, please remember that you disrespected and disregarded the lives and deaths of entire communities of people with your ideology. You told me to never back down, so I won't. You know for a fact that even against you, I'm not afraid to share my peace. You are everything I aspire not to be, and I refuse to stand up here and sing the praises of a man who is the paradigm of white supremacy. So I'll take your racist mindset, I'll take your money, and I'll take your advice. And I swear to God I will make this world a better place, not at all because of you, but in exact opposition to you. People are clapping. Snot nosed little biatch. Well, so it could go that way too. Oh my God. Yeah. He, the dad, committed the sin, as you heard, of being a Trump voter. It can go that way too when the passing of traditions and customs consistent with all that Western civilization has produced are not transmitted. That passing does not happen. And uh, people like that young woman drop the pass. The more you listen, the more you listen, the more you'll know. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. Morning Answer. On AM 560, The Answer. Amy, I, uh, I know what I'm going to get to when I'm not here to help to, to dull the blade of the loss of my presence. Yes. There are these... Um, human-sized teddy bears, man-sized teddy bears. And uh, apparently they're selling like hotcakes because there are so many sad, husbandless women that want someone to hold oh, them. Oh, she's cuddling up with them on the yeah. on the couch and having a little drink. Look at that. You, you can dress them up. You can you dress know, them up, right. Put them up in you know, a nice pair of slacks and a shirt. Take them out if you want. Table for two, yeah. And then snuggling. Oh, spooning. That's important. Yeah, uh-huh, there. In bed, he's got his pajamas on. You and... can you know, lean against and read a book. Oh, my God. This is nice? a life-size yeah, and you get, right. teddy bear. And then, you know, he's also sporty for the holidays. You put a Christmas <laughs> sweater on him. Oh, that's what is this? It's just no. Yeah, there's she's um, he's spooning her, trying to. I wonder if they heat up. If there's a you know something that they they're well, warm, they're warm. Bodies. Depends how depends how randy you're feeling. I, I mean, what is wrong mm. with people mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that they need that? That's actually a thing. Uh, and don't forget. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, you have a lot of lonely Democrats out there because you know unmarried women. 
plus 37 Democrats. Oh. Plus 37 Democrats, these these unmarried, these sad unmarried women. But but It that, weighs seven pounds, so you could carry it around the house. But, I mean, it's literally it like, it's, it's like, it looks like it's about six feet tall. Yeah, that's me. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe you'll start seeing more of these out. Bring one to the studio and hug it. I can hug it out when I need a hug. The more you listen, the more you listen, the more you'll know. This is Chicago's Morning Answer. Morning Answer on AM 560. The Answer. Thanks for listening to Chicago's Morning Answer podcast sponsored by Signature Bank. Signature Bank takes pride in helping customers grow their business and provide unmatched banking expertise, custom financial solutions, and the industry's best technology. So whether you're a business looking for a deposit relationship or needs a ready source of financing, Signature Bank is the right bank for you. Call today at 773-467-5600 to hear how Signature Bank can help your business grow and thrive. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender.